0: Welcome everyone back to the Wild Grace Archetypal Series podcast. So this is our second iteration of this podcast, of this series. Last week we spoke about the wild woman and also tapped into the maiden. And I believe we had some sort of vague plan to speak into Another archetype, I don't remember which one it was, because today the priestess is alive as soon as the three of us came on, it was just, okay, this is the priestess. So I'm here with Riva and with Melody, still traveling around the world, holding our separate points vibrating. And I feel like we all have a pretty strong priestess within us. But yeah, as we were speaking before, we started tapping into the, the different flavours of the priestess and yet this whole theme around blending archetypes and but it, the priestess doesn't just stand alone. She stands alongside the masculine. She stands alongside the warrior. There's also essences of the lover there. So I'm really curious to Delve deep into this conversation and see what else, what other intricacies lay within her.
1: Yeah, I love what you spoke to around like blending archetypes and like using the word of integration you know it's Mm. like as you Mm -hmm. really build your relationship with these archetypes and hopefully whoever's listening will have either experienced them or is going to experience them and as you really start to like build your relationship with each parts of these archetypes you really get to see and witness the integration of how all these pieces really do come together so yeah I love that word blending
0: yeah when I first started this work especially my very first Wild Grace initiation it's like I actively had to call out each archetype and sit with her and get to know her and what does she feel like and what does she sound like and how does she show up and it's been years now and now it's- it's just, it's quite embodied. Like the priestess is quite embodied within me and she just is. And as I'm refining my relationship with her, as she's maturing, it's like, oh, she's not here alone. Like there's also this essence and this characteristic, which is kind of a little bit more warrior-esque or this is a bit more dark masculine. And so you start to notice, that like, this is life's work. Like, it's not as though it's like, boom, embodied, you've got this integrated Integration is forever, which is kind of exciting. It just kind of keeps unraveling.
1: Yeah, integration and deepening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah. And then we've got the shadows and then we've got the younger parts. And like, oh my God, she's still so immature in this area. But yeah, you start to develop a sense of compassion because you realize, oh, wait, this is going to keep going. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And this piece around kind of like this deepening and what is it to kind of like start? It's like, what was my first kind of connection with the high priestess? And I just remember being, I think it was in church. It was in church, but it was outside. I was young. But I remember like, usually it would be like these older men just kind of talk, talk, talking about God. And I just remember it feeling really boring and monotonous. But there was this woman who walked up to speak. It was at like some church congregation-y thing where other teachers were coming in or other ministers. And she walked with such presence and she looked at us. And I remember feeling like I was actually being like looked at and like seeing as opposed to just like scanning over a scene of people and speaking, but not really knowing who she was speaking to. Like she was really talking to us. And yeah, I haven't remembered that for a long time, but she ended up being the minister at our church and just like a really loving person in that time when I started shifting from the church and she was actually really supportive, funny enough of me in that. But that recognition of that deep presence and the seeing of self and seeing who's in the room and beyond seeing who's in the room and connecting with them, seeing what else is in the room. Mm Mm-hmm being able to have presence with like the historical contextual pieces and also kind of like listening into that like shamanic thread of what's the pulse of aliveness now, 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 what is the word that wants to drop? What's the song? What's the playlist I need to bring in? That's like usually what's in our Mm -hmm. world is like, Oh, what's the music and the song and the medicine of rhythm that's going to invite the experience essentially of a flavor of love that we're wanting to tap into. Yes,
1: yeah, She really has that like deep sensitivity and ability to tune into the subtleties of the exact thing that is needed at the exact mm. moment. You know, like not only can she see, but she feels but she knows and she just like is in deep trust and surrender. And like, this is the part of us that's really in relationship to source and relationship to knowing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's being guided whilst also fully surrendering. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. You just took the words out of my mouth. Like, yes, that is, she has the connection to source. Like, that's it. Like she's able to just be a conduit for whatever is needed in the moment. Like she's responding to what is needed because of that listening. She's almost like, the messenger, but she's completely in devotion to love, to whatever's in front of her, to healing. And there's almost like this magical quality to her, but actually what it is, it's a deep connection to cosmos, to the current, and also bringing it through in a way that's relevant to whatever is going on, whether it's what is the playlist I'm choosing or how do I need to act or respond in this way like what needs to be done you know what is the felt sense of this space and in facilitation in holding space it's always the priestess that's present it's like she's the one that holds that space
1: yeah I love there's so many beautiful words landing in of like expressing her qualities. And I love the word that you said, you use the word of devotion Mm -hmm. and like in service and how I really experience her as like in service to truth. And I think especially like when you're in these spaces of transformation and holding that space, it's like, I'm in service to the thing that's going to help you evolve. You know, it's like, it's not when I, Taught at the Costa Rica training I had a couple of friends on that training and in the opening ceremony I said like I'm not in service to I love you but I'm not in service to our friendship I'm in service to your growth and I think like that is part of being able to embody that priestess is like I can see the thing that's blocking you and I'm gonna give you the thing that you need to know to help you move through that that this is like a space of truth and of trust and in service to the healing that can take place.
0: And so in here is a dance, right? So how can the priestess be truly in devotion, in integrity, clear and not in ego? Because when it comes, when she's in her ego, that's when it kind of starts to get a little bit murky. And that's when the shadow pieces come in and like there's like a power, a power kind of sucking that can come from an unintegrated priestess. So what is or how can we track when that starts to play out? Because it can. like I've seen this with facilitators, like even incredible facilitators that I respect. It's like, oh, there's like the ego is starting to it's being fed and it's starting to come out. And I notice that when I'm speaking, when I'm not speaking from, Melody said something about this before, like here at Wild Grace, we speak from our pussy. You know, that's where we speak from because that's our truth. That's our power. I can now track when I'm speaking from my mind or from something that's more personally driven, like something happens and it's like, oh, I lose the flow or it's like, the- oh, that felt a little bit awkward. Oh, that wasn't really in my truth. That was my ego. It's like, okay, let's come back to alignment. Let's come back. Let's come back. So that's how I experience. I'm interested how, how both of you experience it. Like, how do you maintain that clear channel?
2: Yeah. Something I find interesting in myself is where in some archetypes, it's really obvious that I have like the passive pattern or the like overactive pattern in the shadow. As opposed to like the clear center. In priestess, I have both. I've flip-flopped in my lifetime between kind of what I understand to be like the passive priestess. It's like, I can't hold this space. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what to do. And it's more in kind of this like either like numbness or blocking or not accepting the role of priestess that like all of us are invited into in our lives at different points in time, in what it is to be human. And what it is to like hold space for life and source to come through. So that's definitely been part of my history is the part of me that's like, oh, I I don't have to hold this. Someone else will be better at this. And then the other side of it is the like, oh, I'm great at this. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know every, I know, I know, I, I, (laughs) I. (laughs) <laughs> mm. and when I notice this part of me that's like oh, I'm a beautiful person in a room and I'm going to make everyone feel amazing and like I and this just like wait fuck that's not the thing <laughs> that's not the thing at all and like those are different patterns that my system from like personal self-esteem pieces as opposed to can I hold that voidy space you were mentioning this earlier but the space that's not about me what Reiki, when I was initiated into that, would call like the hollow bone space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm here to hold source. Me doesn't matter as much right now. I'll pick me up later. Mm -mm. I'll love me up later. Right now, this is about source coming through for who's said yes in the container with me for source to come through.
1: Mm, I love that. Here to serve source. I feel like... All of this work is forever like a dissolving of the ego, right? And it's like you're Mm. seeing the places where your ego is wanting to grip and like take control or run the show or however it's showing up. And I think like you really begin to see the parts of you that have preference and then the parts of you that like are really not in control at all. And it's like, Oh, this is not my preference to like say this thing or create this thing or do this thing. But this is actually in service to the container, the transformation, the individual, whatever it is. But it's almost like you can feel that like slight separation there when it happens. And I think like going back to your original question, as it's like, for me, it's practice because you feel it when your ego comes in and there's almost like an instant reverb, re- mm-hmm. Reverb is that the word, reverb, where it's like you feel it straight away and you're like. Yes. Oh, I just feel it as awkwardness. Yeah. It feels you're like, awesome. oh. No. No. And like service is pure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're really in that channel and in that space of serving, there isn't really any confusion.
0: So I want to pick out one of the things that you said and pull Mm -hmm. at that thread. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So when we speak about
0: preferences, so yeah, priestess, she's in devotion. Yes. And then there's the preferences, like she knows that's okay, this is actually the correct way, even though the preference is perhaps something else. What about boundaries? Because I know that I've recently just had an experience where I was showing up in my priestess and I feel like I overstepped my personal boundaries to a point that was actually detrimental to me. And I walked out of a particular situation feeling really exhausted, feeling sick, and yeah, just feeling achy. And it's like my body was responding to that boundary being crossed. Yeah, there was probably a point at which I could have stopped a little bit earlier, but I just felt like I am in devotion. But as I'm just saying this now, it's like, oh, that personal pit, it's like the ego came in there. It's like, but i want to do this and i want to show up and it's like maybe it's pure and it's in the heart but if it's a personal drive i don't think it's actually a match with the priestess i think And it's as soon sad. as you
1: abandon your own capacity and like abandon your mm. nourishment it's no longer service because it's no longer pure, because you're actually serving mm. from an empty tank or like to get something else. So then it doesn't matter whether the actual like act is from devotion, it's still tainted because you're empty or not met or whatever yeah. it is.
0: Even if it's loving, if it's eating away at your physical stores, it's like that's not it. Yeah.
2: It brings up this kind of part of me and a part that I've experienced in women and studied when I was in university like studying relationships it's almost this like I'm gonna put the priestess out because you want her so that I can somehow get the lover so I can somehow get the like connection and especially where yeah especially like women have been taught to do this in like heterosexual dynamics a lot of like I know how to do relational things and I know things about Mm. like sex and I know things about relationships, especially like my young, young self still happened this year, like human and in the learning with it. But that part that's like, Ooh, do you want this piece? Will this make me valuable in relationship? Will this Mm. mean our relationship can happen and I can have intimacy? I just want closeness. And I just want to offer how like human all of this is. Like I studied that pattern for time 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 and it's like yeah the devotion is just so beautiful and then what happens when we spill ourselves over
3: Mm.
1: yeah oh I love this it's like the way that I would call this is like misuse of power right and it's like you Mm -hmm. can have Power is life force and life force can either be like from the pussy, but then it's also source and it's still a misuse of either of the powers. It's like you're either misusing your sexual energy to get something or you're actually misusing universal source to get something, you know, and that likes really subtle. And that's where the boundaries piece comes in as well of like, what am I not available for? Like where am I actually Mm. leaving myself to have something?
3: This and
0: is juicy, th- guys. It's a, a juice. And the thing is, like, when we're in container, when we're in a process, and it's all of us, like, it's so easy to see these things. But when we're out playing this archetypal game in the world, it's only like after the fact. We're like, oh God, this just happened, and wow, like, there's it's more complex, right? And this is when it's like all of these dynamics with like the lover and and then the warrior and then the masculine then oh wait but then all of these are being reflected to me and then there's like a reflection of archetypes that happens as well and like how do the archetypes meet because they're not just playing in us they're actually dancing with others which makes it super exciting and also kind of crazy to think that, Hey, we're actually just the collective, like this isn't just people. We're not just humans. We're multi-layered images of programs
2: called archetypes. (laughs) (laughs) And also that like, it's happening all the time for everyone, and it's been happening for thousands of years. Mm, like, mm. and I have so much humor in that because there's so many of us that will come into healing spaces and transformational spaces. Like, I'm going to heal this thing for my entire lineage and for everything and forever. And there's definitely deep transformation and healing in all of those pieces that we can experience. And so much of what I actually experience the healing being is finding the center in myself when other parts are reflected at me and being like, oh, it's actually really true here. And how can I love myself? And all of us as we're, some of us caught in programs, most of us caught in some sort of program that we're not feeling deeply nourished by. And to have that deep compassion for self and for others, while also honing in on that integral connection point inside to what you're wanting to bring forward, mm. and from the deeper use and all of the pieces of use, and continuing to find the center of those use in a way that feels nourishing as you're unfolding into the journey, so you can experience more of what you want and less of what you don't want.
1: Yeah, I was actually speaking to. I'm loving this conversation, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was speaking to some clients last night. I was teaching at a call, and I was talking about like that cleaning up that happens and how when you really have this like anchor of truth running through your body, you can't go that far off of it. You know, like it's like when you clean up your diet and you used to be able to eat burgers and like drink all the alcohol and barely feel anything. And then you have like one piece of gluten and then the next day you're ruined. And this yeah. is kind of like what this cleaning up of your life energetically feels like. It's like you used to be able to get away with loads of dynamics and things playing out. And as you become more and more sensitive, like the tiniest like degree off of where it's like slightly leaky or misusing, or out of source or misusing power or out of intake, like you get pulled back so quickly and you're like, whoa, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, it happens really quickly. And what I'm
0: finding recently, it's like I have this sense of like I'm kind of like Teflon, you know, if something's like trying to like stick to me or if someone's like trying to hook in or if I'm noticing I'm a bit like it's just like it just moves and it doesn't take like I used to sit in my shit for a really long time used to take me like, days and weeks to move through something and now it's so much quicker because of that consistent awareness and just like yeah yeah yeah." it's like I can't go I can't go further out I just can't do it it's too much gluten
2: (laughs) (laughs) got a limit you know That one got me. <laughs> oh, too much gluten! I will have that energetic reference in my body now. <laughs> it's gluten, and there'll be a moment someone says something, be like, mm, "Too much gluten," and they won't understand, and it'll be a fine moment in the human history of priestess boundaries. Which, like, what I was hearing you talk, <laughs> Mazzy one of the things that really struck me is this recognition of the high priestess, like holding that thread. And f- almost feeling this sense of like where kind of like she lives in the crown and she may live in other places too, but I experience her really living in the crown and like that listening point and that kind of like direction to other parts feels really alive when you, when you share that. It's like where this part of ourselves, as much as all parts of us are also listening to that thread of source. It's almost like like she's like the, (laughs) I want to say gluten thermometer, but that's like not quite quite the right word (laughs) either. But that gauge for, as we hone in on her precision with our connection to truth, source, the universe, aliveness, then that comes in that kind of like barrier piece where she's like, oh, there's sensitivity here because this Mm. is actually... The road. This is actually the path. This is actually the adventure that we deeply, deeply, deeply want on all levels that are being tracked. Mm. And that ends up in- informing, say, our warrior to be like, oh, we've veered off over here. We actually need your energy to bring us back. Or this is coming <laughs> in here. We need lover so much right now to come and nourish this aspect. And where that part of us, that intuitive part, that deep listening part is the one that calls in the pieces from the other archetypes. She's an amazing barometer, the priestess. Yeah, that's the word I wanted.
0: That, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got that internal compass that's almost like this. It's almost like a radar, right? Like this is how I feel for myself. It's just like this shamanic radar. And I just feel when there's like a, a vibration that's that I'm being pulled towards, or there's a resistance, or there's a repulsion and just feeling into it, like what is in this for me? Like what is the message here? Like, why is there a repulsion? Like, do I want to lean into that? Or is the resistance because I'm actually depleted? So just constantly listening to that, listening to the feedback as well she's always like if the masculine version of this is the magician then the priestess is definitely it's almost like a similar force
1: yeah I love that like I think when we teach her in Wild Grace it, it's, we teach her as the most masculine of the feminine archetypes mm. because whereas and I guess when we go through all these conversations as well it'll probably come quite apparent but like I see the other archetypes as like non-linear but mm. I actually feel the priestess and the masculine as quite like linear and like quite, I think Reva you used the word precise, but like that preciseness, that real directness, clarity. It's like this linear energetic to her where the others feel quite like non-linear, sideways, horizontal, if that makes sense. But, like, I don't, I don't think quite... People can't see
0: the way that you're moving, but she's doing this like wavy <laughs> flow across the screen.
2: <laughs> There's a nebulosity and fluidity <laughs> to those archetypal spaces that, yeah, priestess and warrior kind of masculine doesn't hold.
1: Yeah, fully. And like when we're both, when Mazi was speaking to her qualities, like you can hear that in the way that you're speaking as well. Just like the directness, the clarity. It's like she sees something, she acts. Like there's real like linear sense to her. Like she feels it. She moves.
0: She executes,
1: which is a very masculine
0: characteristic Like to just take it. I've got to act like this is it. This is now. I see things clearly. I've got this. I can hold you. And this is kind of like where that masculine starts to pour in and can work with the feminine but the feminine is still empowered. Actually, I'm thinking maybe that's why I like the priestess so much because there is that balance and I feel a little bit more almost like so supported and grounded and almost like I can, like, rest into that polarity
1: within me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, that nuance and I love that. I also really resonate with that. I really love feeling the feminine lead and the masculine kind of like holding that back pillar. And that's really what this feels like. It feels like she sees and then, yeah, such a beautiful archetype.
2: Mm -hmm. There's something when you say like such a beautiful archetype. I think a part of me like just like deeply, deeply resonates with that because of what the priestess is bringing forward in the world right now, like I think of who you two are in the world. And I'm like, yeah, more priestesses, please. And not to get too egotistical, but like who I am, who Freya is, who the women who have gone through the mentorship in this work and the trainers in this and even far beyond wild grace and our node or coven or community or tribal family of Beings that have decided I'm standing in the priestess for all of the archetypal spectrum. But what it is to be feeling so many more people standing in the power of the priestess and really honing in and recognizing, yeah, that the priestess isn't pretty close on a beach or being the one that's looking pretty in photos, holding a tantric gathering, something, something and talking like this, like the priestess is really about calling in and being in tune with the love and the particular flavors that are needing to land in each moment from the different archetypal parts of ourselves. And that is so fucking needed in the world right now. Well, you can really
0: feel like the truth of the priestess, you know, you, you can feel when it's bullshit, you know, like, do you really mean it when you're lighting that sage and, you know, waving it around a room? Like, you know what I mean? Like I can feel someone's priestess when she's in integrity and when it's true and when it's coming from her pussy, from her sacral, when it's coming from her core, when she's in her essence. Like I feel that. Like you can't bullshit that. That's real. Because essence is real, you know? So I think what I would love to continue to foster and to really call in, especially in Wild Grace and, and for the wider community, for the collective, is actually, yeah, more priestesses, but priestesses who are really in their truth and in devotion to the current and not just like this concept of devotion, but like this cellular devotion. And it's like, yes, okay. It's not,
2: it's not about the image. It's about the real lived embodied experience of what it is to choose that pathway.
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's
0: a felt sense. And, you know, I actually think it takes time like to really to reach that place. I think you've really got to sift through a lot of your shit. I think there needs to be a lot of ego deaths. I think there needs to be a lot of being brought to your knees as well. It's like levels of humbleness and compassion and self-compassion as well. Because if you've got self-compassion, then you can have compassion for others. That's part of it.
1: Yeah, it's really like you get out of the way kind of energy. It really mm-hmm. isn't anything about you. It's just about like what comes through and having such a deep relationship with trust And like that's the feminine piece, right, of this archetype is like having deep relationship of trust and ability to surrender to allow the thing to move through you. Because when you're in this archetype, it really doesn't feel like you it's not your human it's not your ego Mm -hmm. navigating it is like really a piece of something that it can see the thing that needs to take place for the transformation for the healing for the whatever needs to occur that's that piece and it really is your relationship to trust and your relationship to like how you show up in life that allows this thing to move through like if you can't trust and if you need it to be a particular way, and I think we spoke to preferences, but like if you have preferences of like how you want things to look in the space or like who you want to teach, who you want to teach to and like all this kind of stuff, like if any of that is there, that's not service, mm. you know, because the thing that is moving through you is bigger than you and your ego can't even imagine. How your ego couldn't even decide. It's not you deciding, it's yeah, your relationship to source.
0: It's beyond the mind. Fully. It's beyond the mind. I actually had like flavors of the dark mother coming through, but almost like the cosmic mother, you know, being like the embodiment of the cosmic mother. And not just, you know, it's specifically that and specifically the dark mother that I've just had coming through because it's, you know, there's that capacity to hold the light and the dark all the shit and to be able to remain in love and in nourishment and there's that devotional piece as well of like giving but not giving to a point of depletion giving from a place of a well of
1: abundance yeah well I love the priestess she's just so diverse because also this energy is limitless but Mm. your human is not
0: yes yes that's what I keep being reminded
1: of so it's like you (laughs) we have the capacity to keep allowing this energy to move through you but if your human is not nourished that's not like it's not service but it's also it's depletion And that's what collapses, right? It's like when we hold space and then we collapse afterwards because we're not actually nourished and looked after.
2: That feels like another form of the patterns that show up through like the overactive polarity of the priestess too. And we're like, see, there's whole other podcast we could start playing with is what happens when you have a hyperactive warrior meeting a underactive maiden or a overactive shadow pattern in your dark mother meeting your underactive partner in your mother, mother. Like <laughs> there's all these different ways that these then hook into each other in polarity patterns within us that. And also with other people. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's not just out there. It's in here and out there and just continuing to be in this dance, which is also why I recommend getting into communities of practice to have experiences of mirrors being placed up to these parts of all of us. Like there's no shame in any of these pieces, even the shadows that have the most quote unquote shameful, gross, judged, blah, blah, blah. These are human. These are patterns that have been passed down for thousands of years. And when we can create mirrors with them, there's more Spaciousness to create transformation and change to come back home to that center place that feels far more nourished, far more alive, and it's just more fun. You get to dance more with different things differently instead of being in the same dance over and over and over again that you've started to hate. You get new dance moves, which is also another piece of what like wild grace specifically is about: is how can you invite your movement to meet archetypes? So Mm -hmm. if you're not a part of a community of practice in this. Church of the Wild is a beautiful opportunity and space that you could come connect in. Melody, Mazzy, myself, and Freya are up in there kind of like supporting people with their experiences around Eros and some of the archetypal pieces that we move through. And also the initiations give you a deep dive into how can I really look at these different archetypal pieces so you can start see how they're dancing in yourself, see how they're dancing in different parts of your life, and see how they're dancing in relationship with other people.
1: Yeah, and I think I just want to say like I don't know if I said this on the last podcast or if it was in a conversation where we were on a call the other day, but when I I think it was a call the other day, the first initiation that I did in Bali in 2019, I remember Sigoni who was the previous owner and facilitator of Wild Grace and she said the word archetype and I had no idea what she was talking about you know and I think like sometimes some of our listeners might not really have any idea what we're talking about we're talking about the priestess and they're like what is that and it kind of doesn't even matter because it's a part of yourself that is running unconsciously you know Mm -hmm. it's like you don't actually need to know what it is that we're talking about you come and have the experience of feeling it and learning it and being in relationship with it and I think, like, that's a really important piece because so much of what we talk about is experiential and because it's embodied in us and we have such an understanding of these things. But you don't even need to know what archetypes are. They're just parts of self. Yeah. It's already in you. It's already, yeah, it's already there. Already there. <laughs> and you just get to work with it and, like, polish it and grow it. and Yeah, clean it up. <laughs> and you get to
2: do it through, like, dancing and deep dive, kind of look at yourself embodied spaces. Like I must say, we found the funnest way to do the deepest, darkest shadow
1: work on the planet. The funnest way. We really
2: have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Through, Through sensuality and through dancing and being with other humans and connecting to other beings. Like, oh, wait, you've got this shit. I've got this shit too. It's like, oh, wait, we all have it. Like, oh, wow, I found a place where I can just be all of me, and I've really felt in our community and community so important to me, that all of me is welcome. I can just completely relax and I can bring in all of my shit and all of my amazing parts as well. <laughs> and I feel like everyone does too. It yep. feels very freeing and liberating. Yes. Ah, wow okay this was amazing this was amazing this was powerful as fuck wow <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I feel like I just want to go into a ritual or something all right my loves we're going to sign off ladies thank you so much for joining me today and until next time bye loves bye. it's always a
1: pleasure bye, bye love yeah. thank you